What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongol Sponsor by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The playoffs are finally here, and we're going to break it all down. But first... Oh, oh, I almost forgot. The victory beverage? Sure. Kind of. Wait, do you have to pour it in like a shot glass because it was only like a 23-minute victory? (laughs) Uh, Nah, I'm good. Yeah. Got something new today. Uh, They gave me a can of... case of uh victory classic easy Ooh. drinking lager it looks like it's kind of like their answer to be like hey this is just like a simple like you know a lager kind of like a a yingling or something like that and how's nice. it taste like a lager simple <laughs> smooth <laughs> no complaints nice. uh, and this is not obviously for the game on the weekend but for the miami game partial game weird game yeah. Yeah. I actually completely we we talked briefly off air. I completely forgot that game even happened. It was just like it was crazy because it was 23 minutes and like you know, it it we had a couple of chances, I guess you could say, but did any of you feel like the Hounds actually went in thinking they were going to get a goal versus just like we're going to sit on it and just hold on? I mean, we talked about it before. I thought I thought we had to, because um, I didn't think we'd keep them off the score sheet. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was yeah, just an interesting microchasm of the game. Um, yeah, I, it was fun. Uh, so we had a watch party at Bulldog Pub in Morningside, and uh, Tuffy was there. Vic, the president, was there. Um, we had like I think like thirty five people show up to it for the you know there's more people than there were minutes in the game uh <laughs> and it was a lot of fun like just hanging out you know kind of like that's i feel like that's like our biggest watch party we've had all year and kind of like the biggest like crowd and just more most fun uh at a watch party yet this season but with that said uh, yeah it was a weird game it was definitely we held out and that's all we needed to do so it's like cool they did the job uh, just luckily that job didn't involve scoring goals as we uh, will see. Yeah. And I mean, I, I made a joke on Twitter that I was like, Oh, it's, uh, it's the 60th minute. Are we going to see some subs? Like, are we getting to that point? And we did like Lily <laughs> subbed in a defender basically. Uh, it was like five or six minutes into the like replay. I was just like, okay, all right, here we go. It's the, but, it's the game. You got to play the game. I, you got to play the game. That's right. You don't get to make the rules. You just got to play the, the game according to them. So the Hounds get the win in Miami. Uh, our only win against Miami this season. Um, took basically a week to do it, but we did it. And then came back and had to beat Hartford. And, and I honestly with- didn't know. What, what was the timing on the Charlotte game? I know we talked about it before. But was it was a... The like, Charlotte, the Charlotte game was like it started an hour after the Hounds okay. game. Something it was like, like nine. That. It started was it later. Nine. It was even yeah, later. It, yeah. The whole like the original plan. It was going to be awesome. We are going to play this game against Hartford, and then everyone is going to rally and go to the pub at the stadium and watch uh, the Charlotte game. And it was just going to be like a little bit, you know, started already at, at nine o'clock, and, and then. We didn't do that because why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, I I don't feel like we should dwell on this game too much. I mean, it was a nil-nil draw. 
the Hounds had plenty of chances. I mean, when you look back on it and they were like golden opportunities that you would just expect us to like tap in. And basically Ciceroni had two, Dixon had one, Velarde had one at the very end that it was just like, oh, these were like gift wrapped. Like, of course, you know, nine times out of 10, we would bury every one of those and we'd walk out of that game at least three nothing. And we ended up nil nil. Um, Ironically, uh, you know, Charlotte went on to draw their game, in which case, had we won, we would have gotten second place and be playing at Highmark this weekend. But we're not. So we could sit and dwell on this. I feel like Hounds fans have sort of dwelled on this all weekend and really sort of suffered through it. So I think rather than spending too much time thinking about the fact that we didn't do it, we should celebrate the fact that, hey, we're back in the playoffs and, you know, we took third and... There's a chance we could still have a home hit playoff game. Um, I don't know. believe that tone at all, Michael. I don't, I don't just, believe that's how you feel. Listen, I'm not saying that's how I feel. I'm saying that feels like that's the service we need to be providing to people is just, you know. I, okay, I, I do want to say a little bit about the game. Yeah, me too. Um, Hartford. Okay. So there's two sides to this coin that I've been thinking about for you know the last couple of days. Uh, on one hand, that game, we had a lot of chances, some great chances. We we were able to get in those positions to get those chances. And the weather was crap. It was a wet, wet, cold game. Um, it was just not our night, but it felt like it was so close. It was just like one touch off. And that can be a positive thing to think about. The fact that like, yes, we, if it wasn't like, you know, unlucky night, we would have won that game. Um, and that's kind of good to think about. Uh, but on the other side of that coin, if we can't put points on the board against Hartford, a team outside the playoffs, what do we think we're going to do with a team that's in the playoffs? So concerned a lot, but even look at those highlights, like that game was ours to take. Like it, it was a good game for us, uh, except for the fact that we could not get one of those tap-ins. Do you two follow-up questions? Do you believe the narrative that you know if Hartford, Hartford were in a different conference division, whatever, um, then they would have made the playoffs? And two, um, do you? Oh, what was two? Geez, I had it. <laughs> do you believe the narrative that Hartford should like could be in the playoffs? Are they a playoff team? So just looking purely based on stats, Kev, Hartford finished the season on forty-one points. 41 points was enough to get Oakland in, in the Pacific division. So like, yeah, they, they could have gotten into the playoffs, not in every division Pacific division would be the only one that they would have made it in for, but it, it was enough in at least one. So counterpoint Hartford or frauds. They're not, <laughs> <laughs> they, they play the early season was against a lot of easy teams. So they got some points at the very beginning. It made everyone think they were better than they actually were. Uh, all their points are pretty much against two teams. Like not all of them, but a lot of their points. Um, granted, you can say that for most of our division or, or get conference or whatever, but yeah, it's, I don't think they're that great of a team. Uh, there's a reason why they didn't make the playoffs and there's a pretty big cliff between them and the first playoff team. I mean, they had 41 points. Miami had 54. It's not like it was awesome, Josh. Yeah. But I mean, like still, I don't think 
41 points is not enough. Like Mike was saying, wouldn't would have been enough to make it in any of these except for the Pacific Division. And that division, I don't know. Like I'm just not convinced. Like the Hereford is not a good team. They haven't been in a while, or since they became a team. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and also, do you feel? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, this game leaves a bad taste in our mouth, I think, because for me, at least, we did everything but score. I mean, I there was at least three chances where the XG must have been like high, uh, you know, in the expected goal, you know, probability distribution of those, you know, situations happening again. We we likely score one of them. If we do that, we're walking away. And everything's perfect. The, the end of the season is perfect. I mean, it, I'm not even saying change the performance at all. We get we get a shutout against a half decent team. <laughs> I'll say I don't know if Josh will. Um, you know, we 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 get into the playoffs in a home match. You know, Charlotte draw. Everything ends up perfect. And you know, we play well. Um, so I think that's the unlucky part. Is like so many small things have like huge impacts and, and I think we did everything but score. I think we played really well. I think we played well enough to get three points and just didn't happen. Um, and it's really sad and unfortunate and leaves a better taste in our mouth and we don't have a home game. Um, and also like, right. I mean like the, the broader narrative, right. We even get the Miami replay. We get the points we need, we, you know, everything what it was lining up to this, to have a perfect story storybook ending and it just didn't happen. I think that's why it's just really frustrating, but, um, but I think, I think the house played really well. Um, you know, it, it is weird that, you know, Cicerone doesn't take one of those chances to it doesn't take it at the end or whatever. Um, Josh, I mean, maybe a quick note. I mean, you mentioned the weather, like it, what it was really, it was, it looked bad on the stream. Like the we, we've had worse games at Highmark. We've had okay. really bad, uh, weather games at Highmark, but this was like a constant, like, just a little bit above like a missed downpour, like, like where it's like just heavy enough where you, you can feel it, but it, it was just consistent the whole game. Yeah. Um, so it definitely wasn't a great game. And that really has been one of the first games this season where I felt like it was pretty bad uh, weather wise, especially with the, the weather being colder than what it has been in previous games. Um, but also after the game, Bob, of course, had the team out on the field for like 25, 30 minutes, whatever, as he always does, uh, yelling at them. Um, but we also had the player of the year uh, award to give out. So we're on the field, the board, and, uh, you know, we have the the trophy the uh, plaque. And Cicerone comes over and he's the one that won player of the year. Uh, and you could just tell he was like so depressed and just so like, not wanting anyone to say how good he is or anything. <laughs> he looked like the last thing he wanted was any praise at all. Um, and then after a couple, you know, talking with him for a little bit, he he cheered up a little bit and was able to, you know, actually smile for the camera. And you could tell he was happy they got the award. He was cool about it. And one of the things he was saying, we had just found out that uh, the game uh, it, with Charlotte was, or not Charlotte, with uh, Louisville, that uh, Louisville uh, wasn't able to get it done. So therefore uh, we were going to be playing Birmingham instead of Louisville. And we tell him that he's like, I don't care who we play. I just promise that we're going to get the points for you guys. <laughs> like he was, he he was determined 
sad but determined uh about you know like no we're not having this happen again so i mean weird honestly, yeah go ahead i was gonna say weird question did he apologize I can't remember if he actually said the words, I'm sorry, but okay. he definitely was like, you could just tell he was angry and sad. And like all those, like he was not having it. In fact, afterwards he handed uh, the award and like the shirt and the scarf to uh, Jesse, one of the guys that works there. Uh, and he's like, you know, he put this in my locker room and like, he was like storming off. Like just, he did not want to be like reminded that he's a good player at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I just, the only reason I asked, not, not because I think it showed up by any means. I think there's just a weird thing happening in the broader kind of soccer landscape of like players apologizing for things. It's like, like it's fine. <laughs> it's I, mean, just, I, I think he was really upset though because he had two sure. golden opportunities. And like one was so early. Like he, we could have yeah. had this game put away within like, not put away, but well, you know, close to put away within the first like 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. Uh, getting that uh, early, like think eight minute opportunity, um, and then him having the other one, and then that that beautiful pass to who was it, uh, Vlarde? Uh, yeah. So yeah. <sighs> All right. We said we Mike, weren't going to you... talk about this game. Now, uh, do you want to move on? <laughs> I was like, Mike, you need to pick me up. You need a cupcake. You need you need a you need a cuddle. From me. You need a victory no, beverage no. is what you need. I do, I do need a victory beverage. That's very true. Maybe I'll get to enjoy one after uh, Sunday. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, guys, let's let's just talk briefly before we transition into the playoff talk. You know, we're we're at the end of another season. We've had all sorts of ups and downs over the past however many years we've been doing this now, five, six years of the way we end the season. If you could sort of recap the entire season up to this point in one word, how is it that you're feeling right now? Kevin, you look most dejected want, by this question because yeah, you're going to, you know, as soon as I give this assignment, you're like, I'm going to take your question and yeah, I'm just exactly. going to ignore it and tell you what I want to say instead. Yeah. One word, Kev. How I feel right now about yeah. the hounds? Yeah. Um, deflated, which I, I feel kind of dirty saying because, I mean, the hounds have given us a lot of really good memories and, and a lot of really good moments in the season to enjoy and celebrate. Um, I think it was just because there was such a runway of a perfect ending that was laid out for us. Um, and the fact that it didn't, you know, we we like we couldn't have come closer to, to getting the home playoff game that we all wanted. And um, you know, I still have memories of what Birmingham was in the first round at Highmark, um, and just you know the feeling <laughs> the feeling of that was just incredible. Um, and so to, so to be so close, that's why I feel deflated. But um, underneath that feeling is still a feeling that you know this is of being proud of of you know how this club has evolved and what this team did for the season and, and, you know, the players that we have, I think that's another thing uh, I'm rambling um, that like in seasons past and just in other teams, it's not uncommon to have players that you, you kind of secretly don't like. Like, I, I think I genuinely like, like all these players, like there's not really one that I'm like, eh, he can go away. Like, or, you know, it's, 
See now, well, I want to know. I want to know some names. Just, like, who did you not like? like <laughs> all right, let's go. Previous years here. Uh, no, no, let's go. Kevin, off, let's off air, we will. <laughs> you can't say Romeo Parks because, like, that just yeah, like, that's a given. That's a given. <laughs> well, that was. I mean, yeah, that was the first name that came. To mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. Josh. If you uh, could, if you could sum it up in one word, I'm just trying. Like, what? Well, Josh thinks honestly. Um. I wasn't like huge on DeSantis. Like, I, like he was good. He scored goals, but I was like, yeah, he, he's fine. He can go. So, yeah, anyway. I, I, I want to say cautiously optimistic, but that's two words. So I don't know. It's a the feeling. one word version of that, like whatever that would be. It's it's a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, cautiously optimistic. It, it's. I feel like this team is really good. And like in years past, this would have been like a dream team to have. And like I could have seen us like just dominating the season. But everyone else has really good teams too right now. So it's like almost, you know, we're we're doing more than treading water, which is good. That's a Riverhounds joke, I guess. Um, but <laughs> but well, it, it, yeah, it's just barely. Like I feel like we're, we are a good team, and like we very well could have been the second place team. The, the first place kind of got away from us, but still like, I feel like this is a great team. So I'm optimistic about that. I'm just worried about in the moments in the important moments in the past and the season, this team and the hounds in general have not performed, you know, do or die moments. It's always kind of felt like overall we're good. Slow and steady wins the race, but if we need absolutely need a win, like I never feel like we can count on the hounds for that one moment. And that scares me. And it might just be my pessimism from years past. And, you know, just in general, that's kind of my yeah. feeling about my teams. <laughs> it's just like, ah, I don't think I should rely on you. <laughs> so yeah, that's the same way I'm feeling. You, you almost like you can't enjoy it until it's over. Like, and then yeah, you can look yeah. back on the season and be like, that was great. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I still remember like being up by like two, three goals and being like, I don't know. The other shoe's going to drop any moment now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you just, it's like, you can't enjoy it while it's happening. Like, oh, sweet. We're winning. It's like, uh, this is a trap. <laughs> for long. Mike, what about you? Uh, I think my word would be potential. Like, I yeah. feel like this was a team that always. Past or present tense. Uh oh, gee, no, no, like, no! You're not flipping this on me. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, because pick like, a word that no, no, because it could have two very different inflections, right? If you if you say potential in well, the sense, let, hold it was on, like, hold on, <laughs> let me give my explanation. <laughs> I said potential because I think to echo what a lot of Josh said, you know, on paper and 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 at moments during the season, we have seen this team be the best team that we've probably covered as hounds fans um, where you just look at it top to bottom and yeah, there are some weak spots, but if you put this team up against any other previous incarnation of a hounds team, this team would win and dominate. And so to acknowledge that, to know that, and then you see games like Saturday and you just go, guys, come on. Like, like we know you can do it. You know, you could do it. Just, like do it and it's it's just to not to not have them do it in a way that you see like tampa just like strolls into the park and it just happens and i know it's not that easy 
but like we beat Tampa. So this isn't like, you know, we're, we're worlds apart from them. What we're missing is just consistency. And, and I think that's, that's the, the most frustrating part. So would I be surprised if we head into Birmingham this weekend and we lose? No. Would I be surprised if we go on a tear and make it to the finals? No, because I think that we have the team to do either. I, I honestly, <laughs> look, if you look at our path to the finals through the East, there's nobody there that scares me. Like Tampa was the top team overall in the East period in a conference or in a division that is probably the toughest division, at least in the East. Um, for sure, it's the toughest division in the East. So like if we show up and we play our game, we could beat any team in the East. Um do I think that's going to happen after seeing games like this past weekend? You know, no, but like you can hope. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, just real quick, I, I want to acknowledge, you know, we do have some people in the chat. Um, JF asked, uh, what is the core group of players that you will think will be next, be back next year? I'm going to table that. Don't worry. We will, we will have that conversation once we get to the off season, um, because there's always that period of like five to six weeks where we have no idea who's staying and who's going and all of that. And so we're going to have a lot of time to discuss that, but we do appreciate the comments. Um, and you know, overall it seems that people are still somewhat excited that we made the playoffs sad, sad the way that it ended, but we're there, which again, just a few years ago was not a given. We were really happy to finish just outside of the playoffs. So like the fact that we're, ticked off that we didn't get second um is a good sign i mean i was having this conversation before the game on saturday that i was like this doesn't feel like the last game of the season like in years past the last game of the season felt a lot more definite like it's a lot more definitive like it was a it was a moment Final. like yeah, yeah it's yeah and in this case it was like I, I don't know if it's just we're getting used to the playoffs or what, but I was like, oh yeah, like this is just another game. Like it's like no, because it's like, you know, the players are next and blah blah. But it's like I did not have that feeling of being like seasons over, like I have in the past. Yeah. Well, okay, let's let's turn the page here, guys. Is there anything else you want to talk about about this game or the season? Like I said, we're gonna have a lot of time to really like dig in, recap the season, do all of that. But any final thoughts before we let's let start talking about Birmingham? Video had a good game. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Video had a really good game. It's yeah. bad um, weather for a keeper to play in, and he was able to make a good, great save there. And like, yeah, he kept us in that game. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's he's clearly an extremely good keeper. I mean, I, as a as a teaser, I mean, because I know a lot of this chat is more off season stuff, but it is the last game of the regular season and it feels kind of definitive to have some wrap-up thoughts or whatever. Um, but, you know, since Lily's been here, we've made the playoffs. Bringing in Lily was, I think, a huge um, kind of turning point in, in the club's history um, as far as taking the next step to be become a winning club. Um and now it feels like, okay, maybe the, the next and potentially final step to like bring home a championship might be some kind of reconsiderations on how the club operates as far as like financially or like player contracts or whatever. I have no doubt that Lily is a championship level manager. He's, he's done it before. His consistency is incredible. 
he's, he's a veteran manager. I don't want him gone. And I think, you know, without changing anything, he's, he's turned a club that rarely make the playoffs um, and turn them into a club that makes the playoffs every year. And that's a given without even, we could, we could not re-sign any players um, having this, having to sign an entirely new squad in the offseason, And I would still feel confident that we'd make the playoffs um, with, with Lily at the helm, but it does feel like, you know, it, I mean, we talked about it for, I mean, especially with the kind of tone of, of this podcast so far, it, we're not storming in the playoffs here. And we, we like, I mean, what, there was one season we finished top of the top of the table. Um, maybe we felt a bit different in that season. I can't, I honestly can't remember. Maybe that was two, we were, it was two years ago. And that was when we smacked Birmingham seven, nothing at home in the first game of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, that, that was probably the closest, you know, it felt like we got, but, uh, it feels like there's a kind of one more step to make, um, and going to JS question, which we'll go into more in the off season. I, I think, you know, considering the right people and the amount of people to kind of return for next year, I think is, is the question for the club to, to, to make this season, this off season. So speaking of the right people, uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, checked Birmingham's roster lately, oh boy. Kev. Uh, but so to set the stage. We I haven't, so I don't know why you're saying Kev. Just wait. Hounds travel to Birmingham Sunday, 5 p.m. Uh, we're just going to dub it Pittsburgh South because Kev, um, Nico Brett plays for Birmingham. Ryan James plays for Birmingham. I didn't know that. Thomas Vanky Azeel plays for Birmingham. Did Birmingham sign him immediately or did he? He went out and, well, he played at San Diego for a little bit and then they brought him in. Um, But uh, yeah, so we get to see a midfield of uh, Tommy V and Ryan James with Nico Brown up top. And, you know, looking back on past seasons, (laughs) I think, yeah, yeah, that's, I figured that was the look that you would give. Looking back on past seasons, we always do that game of like, if you could keep one player, who would it be? And, you know, Ryan James and Tommy V. Funky Zeal has a very soft spot in my heart. Nico Brett were all on that list. So, you know, kudos to Birmingham for sort of figuring out some of our strongest players and just snatching them up and saying, like, you don't want to pay for them? We'll pay for them. Uh, Because that's that's essentially where we're at. So in a lot of ways, you know, you look at this game and it's just it's Birmingham. And like I mentioned, the last time we played Birmingham was literally two years ago. And it was when we beat them seven nothing at home in the playoffs. And you got to imagine that's a completely different team. That was Birmingham's first season. And like, you know, you'd have to think that uh, that maybe they want some retribution for it. But it was also a completely different team two years ago, just like it always is in the USL. So you can't look at that as any indication of how this game is going to go. Um, it will be kind of nice to see those guys. Like, we generally like, talk. I know, you're shaking your head, Josh. But, like, Tommy V and Ryan James, they were all, like, good dudes. Like, we talked to them. Like, so it's like, it'll be good to see them again. I don't want to see them succeed against us. But it'll just be like, yeah, could have been with us still. Um, but anyway, so Birmingham, Sunday. Guys, I, I dug up some stats, and then we're just going to, like, talk for the rest of this and just sort of figure out how you guys feel. Um, basically, when you sort of look at 
formations, things like that. There's a lot of things to sort of suss out. So we typically play sort of a three, six, one Birmingham typically play like a four, two, three, one or a three, five, two Kev immediately off the, off the surface. You're sort of the, the formations guy. Do you see any advantages of playing a three, six, one against something like a four, two, three, one or a three, five, two? If they play if they play two up top, I think that kind of helps us. I think three defenders naturally work really well against two two opposition forwards. I think sometimes when you have like one lone striker versus three defenders, um, look, it's, it's not hard and fast rule. Obviously, systems you know define the style of play a, a hell of a lot more than formations. But um, you you can kind of you can you can create a lot of confusion for the three defenders not knowing who's picking up the the lone forward with kind of late runners coming from the midfield, um, especially a ten who kind of floats around or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, those are those are pretty two different systems. That if if Birmingham play those two systems, those are those are pretty different formation wise. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if you're telling me I get to pick their formation, I'd like for them to have two strikers. Um, at that point too, I think then we, uh, you know, I, I mean, in, in either occasion, I would hope we, uh, we kind of dominate the midfield a bit more with the numbers that we put in there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, also I think going two up top, um, it focuses your attack a bit more narrowly, narrowly. Um, and it forces them to get their width from either fullbacks or having their kind of three attacking midfielders to, to kind of float out wide, which not all the time they, you know, people would want to do. So, so yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's kind of my reading of those formations. Our buddy, John uh, from USL tactics. Uh, he basically summed it up by saying that he feels like Danny Griffin's job is going to be trying to like snuff out um, Birmingham's superb attacking uh, midfielders. So this very much could be a, a, a back and forth game where they're attacking, we're attacking, you know, and just sort of, you know, who blinks first kind of thing. Um, as I mentioned, you know, the last time we played them, beat them seven, nothing back in 2019 at Highmark. We have not played them since all time. We're three Oh and O against them. We've outscored them 12 to one, but again, that was all in 2019. That was their first year. It's a different team. These are just stats. Um, they essentially went the last two months of the season without losing. So they lost on September 4th to Jeez. Memphis, and then they lost just this past weekend to Louisville one nothing. Um, had they won or drawn, now this is that's like similar to us. Had they won or drawn on Saturday, they would have ended up first in the Central Division, and we'd be trapping the Louisville this weekend instead. So it slipped out of their hands last game of the season as well. Maybe putting some doubt in their heads. Who knows? Um, trying to find any little piece of difference between our two teams it's it's kind of creepy how close we are stat wise so they had 18 wins we had 17 we both had eight losses that means that we had one more draw than they did. that's it their goal differential was a positive 20 we had a positive 18 they finished the season with 60 points 58 we both finished the last five games three one and one uh, and the, you know, looking at sort of at home versus away, they win roughly 62% of the time at home. They don't lose 
75% of the time at home, whereas we win 50% away and we don't lose 68% away. So, you know, uh, John sort of put it out there. Stats. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> John, John's prediction was that it'll basically end 1-1, and he, he thought the Hounds would move on uh, in extra time and, and get the win. Isn't John um, like an analyst for Birmingham or something? Uh, I don't think it's for Birmingham, but there was another team. Is it Rowdies? No, I can't remember now. It's <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, he does though. He works for one of the teams. I cannot remember which team it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so players to watch, obviously, Nico Brett leading goal scorer. He has 18 goals. No other player on their team is in double digits for goals. Ciceroni has 16 goals. So again, like how do you put a few of those away? We'd have, we'd be talking about two players that have basically similar goal, goal counts. Uh, even the keepers are relatively the same. Both have played 26 games. Vidiello gave up 26 goals. Their keeper gave up 25. So like literally when you're looking at this, it's just on paper, they're they're pretty much the same team. Now, if you're trying to find any sort of area for for difference, you can go back and you can look at what teams did we play that were the same this season. You know, we were in different divisions, but there was some overlap where we did play some teams. We both beat Indy, so that's like a wash. We drew with San Antonio, they lost to San Antonio. They lost that battle. So, we're up one. But then when you look at Miami and Charlotte and Austin, in all of those cases, Birmingham won, and we clearly struggled with each of them. We lost at Austin. We only beat Charlotte once, and we only beat Miami once out of four tries. So, again, it's a long season. We're talking about one game, but you're trying to find whatever little differentials there are. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and Kev, you brought up the point of, like, how would these teams fare in other divisions? There is the point to be made that basically the third and the fourth spot in the central division, which is where Louisville and Birmingham are at, they wouldn't have made the playoffs in the Atlantic division. So Memphis had 50 points. Tulsa had 47 points. Miami had our fourth spot at 54 points. So when you're looking at the level of competition that they're playing to get all of their points, maybe it's a little bit less. So it's just, who knows? I mean, we really just have to go out and play the game. Um, sounds like it's very even it's, it's very even. And that's what makes it just a little bit worrisome that we're playing against Ryan James, who has a lengthy experience with Lily and Tommy V who has a lengthy experience with Lily and Nico yeah, Brett. So does, so does, you know, so does Forbes and Griffin playing against them in training and, you know, and yeah, that's, and that's a lot true. of these, a lot of, and you have to go the other way too, though. Like, this is great for Lily because he knows those players. He knows how weak they are in certain areas. He can definitely make his tactics based around the fact that he knows how to shut those players down because he's, you know, coached them for so long. Especially so, Nico. Yeah. yeah. And like, so if you know those players inside and out and you can totally, you know, base your formation, you know, your, your training all week long against those players. So I, I, I know those are great players and I, I, I loved those players. Like, you know, Tommy V leaving was gut wrenching and Ryan James and Nico Brett, like strikers are strikers sometimes. Like yeah, I feel I like feel the same way. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a little bit weird. Cause I do think like a lot of the, 
the press and a lot of the the glamour goes to a striker. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, yeah, we we've had enough strikers in Pittsburgh where I'm like, we can find a striker. Says the guy who gave you know Player of the Year to Ciceroni. But go that ahead, is a vote. I did not give it to him. I know, it was a I vote. <laughs> well, but you know, that is an interesting, very quick digression. I mean, Ciceroni and Dixon, for that matter, feel different enough from strikers gone by because of the amount of chances they create for other people. Yes. I think yes. Nico Brett was a poacher striker. Yeah. He give me the ball, I'll put it away. He's clinical in front of net, which you know is you know an interesting puzzle to try to figure out. But Ciceroni and Dixon, I mean, yeah, they just they set up so many chances for other players, and that's why they feel more than just like a striker for. And I, I will also say that having a striker be one of the players that Lily will know so well with Nico Brett is good because if he knows how to shut down Nico Brett, their options are a lot more limited. Because he is their their main goal scorer, so yeah. that is nice that he has that in his back pocket that he should be able to know what to do to shut him down. Now, does he have the right tools in Pittsburgh to do that? I don't know for sure, but like all those stats and those statistics are are great, but it's two different divisions where we don't play each other ever, and it's like it's almost apples and oranges. Like you kind of have to throw all that out. Like there's yeah. there's no way to know if that matters or not. Um, the only thing that is you know nice to know is people consider our our conference our division to be a harder one than Birmingham's so if we're that good in ours that makes me feel better about the situation um but it's gonna be tough I mean it it honestly is gonna be one of those games where I'm super nervous and having these players in like you know, I'm, I'm thinking of all the other players that we played against that used to be hounds and watching them score against us and that kind of stuff. It just tears you apart. You're just like gut wrench, like when that happens. So good thing. Uh, Robbie Mertz has never been good against us. So that's, that made me feel a little bit better. But, uh... <laughs> oh, poor Robbie. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it, it is such a weird situation with these conferences where they don't touch at all hardly. And so it's very hard to know what the heck to expect uh, going into these games. It's almost like we're already playing a West coast team yeah. Um, at the very first game of the playoffs. Um, so it's, it's going to be weird. Yeah, it's definitely going to be weird. Um, I have here. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Bear with me for one second. I, I meant to put up the final table for the year. We can look at that later. Here is the actual playoff tree. So I'm sorry, the uh, the Mongols logo is covering Tampa in the top right corner, as it should. Um, but <laughs> basically, you know, we we go up against Birmingham uh, in the same sort of branch of the bracket. You have Tampa playing Tulsa. So, you know, we're going to have to see that one out. Uh, and then beneath us, you have uh, Charlotte gets Memphis and Miami gets Louisville. So um, just sort of painting that picture you can sort of see our path to the finals there which you know i think some of us think that's gonna happen we're gonna ride that wave all the way out um something to note here is that if tulsa beats tampa that and we obviously beat birmingham that's what gives us a home playoff game yeah so So we really need to be cheering for tulsa on saturday they play at 7 30 p.m um so we'll know the result of that before you know watching our game at what is it five eight five. or five p.m. on yeah. Sunday? That's yeah. a crap time. But uh, <laughs> at it's least 4, on Sunday, it's four p.m. Central. Like, who starts a game at four? 
Does if Birmingham not have lights on their in their stadium? <laughs> is that what's going on? Is this a situation where they don't have any uh, working lights in their stadium, so they have to play during the daytime? Maybe this is like a Let's mental tactic. They're like, you know, this is right around when the hounds eat dinner, so we're going to screw with their digestive <laughs> system and really try to take it to them. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, Kev, what do you? What do you? Oh, you're googling <laughs> it right now. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I think they have lights in their stadium, and that's that's one of the reasons why. Uh, uh, Bethlehem Steel does not play in Bethlehem anymore because they're Cause taking no they lights. lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so boy, like it just makes you wonder that Josh, you know, you, you've said it, there are so many different factors that can impact how this game goes. And part of me is thinking like, is it potentially good that we did get a draw? And now we have this chip on our shoulder going into this game, not expecting anything. Kevin, you're shaking your head. No, no, like, no I don't want to play up game. Come on. I, I don't disagree. But like the fact that you have a Russell Cicerone that's like pissed off because, you know, he knew he should have put two away. Is he going to go in any angrier than if he did put those two away? And then like they're coming, they're coming to Pittsburgh and you feel a little bit comfortable. Is, I mean, it, good every- to, is it good to not be comfortable? I love how you're drawing it, picking at straws here. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it, this I, is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think it's so player dependent because I think I would almost equally, if not more, want a Russell Cicerone who's confident and ha- who just scored and who's just kind of flying and isn't like you know angry. Um, so I mean, but I don't, I don't, I don't know how Cicerone plays. Uh, I mean, maybe it's good for him. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, it's, I do think it's interesting how the playoff tree kind of works out. Um, a, a, a quick digression. I mean, I, I'm I'm calling it now. My my like upset of the first round. I think I think Miami's going to beat Louisville. Um, I, I I I I think that's very possible. Um, I, I think that's very possible as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my worry is we're going to play Charlotte in like the semis. And oh, gonna be like, no, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's the one team I don't want to play. I'll, I'll play Birmingham. I'll play like on our way. I'd rather play like Birmingham than Tampa, than Louisville, than like having to play Charlotte. At any point. I mean, there's a very real possibility that our division could roll the first round. I think Miami could take Louisville. I think Charlotte will take Memphis. I think Tampa will take Tulsa. And I think there's a good shot that we take Birmingham, which that would be like right there. It just goes to tell you like, yep, we had tougher competition. Like let's, let's do the thing. And then it just becomes a playoff amongst our, our division, which would be, <laughs> be nuts. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Atlantic division playoff, That's right. essentially. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. want it though. I, I want Tulsa. Tulsa yeah. needs to Tulsa at home. Yeah. Yes. Come on, Tulsa. I forget what Mike, what your question even was. I mean, what you were like trying to find. That sounds about right. It's fine. If it's if it's good, we're going in angry or whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure you like just pick your motivation and kind of run with it and try to yeah. reinforce that feeling. Um, and if that works, great. I, you know, use it for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I do feel. I mean, the the, the numbers and the stats you laid out. Uh, kind of comparing us to Birmingham, you know, I've, I don't have a good wide view of, of what the rest of the league is doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, James and Von Z will do their thing. I think it's going to be really hard to kind of try to snuff them out. I think the big key is if, you know, hope, you know, if, if, if Nico is so pivotal to them, 
um, I think it's easier to, to kind of stop, you know, and the kind of lowly philosophy of trying to be multidimensional in your attack and everything. And I think it's really important. Um, and if they are one dimensional as what you said, Nico has 18 and then the rest of doesn't hit double digits or something. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be easier to defend against, you know, but we, <laughs> I wonder, I... this is too harsh. I was going to say, but we do have V. So like anything. Oh, <laughs> Remember earlier when you said there's not a single person on the team that I don't like? I'm just saying. I, I like V. Like, I think he like he has so many good qualities in a weird way. I almost want to see him play in, like, in the midfield. I think he's... He, I, I, think, I said that earlier this season. Yeah. I, I would like to see him as, like, a holding mid. Yeah, like, I think he'd be really good there. I think I think it's... He's being asked to do a lot in that position. Um. So earlier like today, like, right before our uh, podcast, actually... Uh, USL had a like a preview to the playoffs on ESPN plus um, and they had three hosts talking and they went through every game and picked their favorite to win and Pittsburgh got two out of the three uh, hosts saying that they uh, thought we were the favorite to win that matchup so even you know USL's hosts who have presumably watch more games of other teams than us <laughs> probably hopefully yeah hopefully <laughs> uh, are saying that you know they, they have us favored to win sweet yeah um yeah, yeah. for J- sure <laughs> judge is definitely your favorite jf just I, said where I has he gone favorite player yeah that's right <laughs> I, I... it's hard to judge i mean he's he's hardly played <laughs> huh? Huh? all right so remember Gat? That was cool. <laughs> Has that he, was no, this he, season. He, he, he came had, on as a sub for one game or something, right? He he, he played did. a couple of games, but he he re-injured himself, and so he's he's out. It now. was it was his other knee, though, wasn't it? It wasn't. I think the same so. Game. I don't even think it was yeah. the same injury. I think he yeah, just, it was a shame. Yeah, it I think he he's this year. Remember last year we had like this defender, like who we were all. I forget his oh, name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, he's gonna be awesome, and then yeah, he's never, never played. played. Yeah, yeah. Um. Real quick before we get into predictions here, this could potentially be one of those games where you see Rivera just like stuck to Brett the whole game. Um, it's worked in the past, and I don't think good shout. Like was Rovi here when Nico was here? Was last year Rovi's first year or second year? I think that was his second, so he would have been here second, when yeah. Nico was around. So like they, he might at least he would have. It was it was his rookie year if that was the case. But like there might be some familiarity there, which could be interesting. He would be the one aside <laughs> aside from Dover, uh, Forbes, and that's the end of the list that <laughs> the ones who played with him when he was at Pittsburgh. So that could be interesting. Um, to be honest, I'm surprised it's that many players who've been well, here for I, multiple years. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. Oh. Um. So, uh, yeah, this feels like a total toss-up. Are any of us predicting that the Hounds lose this game? Heck no. Yeah, I can't how, predict how could the Hounds lose yeah, yeah. A playoff game? No. All right, but, Josh, for, Josh, for being so pessimistic about everything else, you, uh, you are always optimistic when it comes to predictions. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you know, hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Plan for the worst. How do, you situation. See, how do you see this playing out? Like I said, our, our buddy John at USL Tactics said 1-1, and then we win it in extra time, which would feel very houndsy. Last time we that. played, we won 7 nothing. So, like, 
two oh. extremes. I can't, I can't handle another shootout in the playoffs. That my, you know, <laughs> oh, I don't, I, I, no, no, I refuse to believe that can happen. It, we're not going to have a shootout. We're going to win this game. It is going to be low scoring though. I, I imagine one zero, um, and then it's going to be a different type of all sort, all sort. Yeah, I can't talk right now. Uh, Stomach ache <laughs> from the fact that we're going to have to, you know, hold on to a lead for any amount of time, and I'm not going to feel comfortable until that whistle blows. Kev. I do think um, I don't know. I, I I think I think we'll score more. Um, I don't think it's going to be technically a, not technically. I don't think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, quick point: <laughs> Every, like unanimous hatred for for shootouts. Like in the remember, like as a kid, you loved shootouts. Like I want I wanted every game to end in a shootout. And now I feel like as I'm growing as a soccer fan. Yeah, it's just like I can't deal with this. Even games that I don't care about, I have no skin in the game oh, for I disagree whatsoever. With that. Yeah, no, I, I still Shootouts fun. I, I'm I'm here for it. I'm like, oh, this is great. They've gone like twelve men deep so far, and they're still going. Holy crap! Like this is cool. But if it's my team, no, I can't handle that stress. Like I don't. I'm already gray enough. No, thank you. I think I think. I think go ahead, Mike. I say I think it's very funny that in any other sport in America, if the game ends in a tie, you're like, this is ridiculous. Like, you can't end in ties. It has to end in a win. But as like hardcore soccer fans, we're like, well, they both kind of deserve a point. So like, why are we having this shootout to like decide it? Just let them keep going. And yeah, go ahead, Kev. No, I, yeah, I, I think it's just like, I don't know. I, I, this will be a very quick point, but like, I, I think there's just, there's so much lumped on games now where I feel like you get the enjoyment of the team for like 20% of it. And then 80% of it is like, you know, showing the players faces crying of like, and, you know, and they have to apologize on Twitter afterwards. It's just like, it's fine. You just missed a shot. It's cool. Like, don't worry about it. And, and like the whole, like the whole like England shootout thing with the kids and everything. it's just like, come uh, on. It, yeah. Like, so I, I just, that's, I think that's the reason. It's just like so much pressure on shootouts. They should change anyway. it. Let's, let's do like skill shots from I after. completely like, agree. It, instead of being just like a random shootout where it feels a little bit too coin tossy, like you might as well just play rock, paper, scissors and figure out who wins. Do skill shots. Like, you know, hit the crossbar, whoever stops hitting crossbar. <laughs> that would be remember- awesome. <laughs> Wasn't it MLS that originally when they started, instead of a shootout, it was like you started with the ball at the 30 and the keeper could rush out. They blew the yeah, whistle. So it was called the golden goal. Yeah, yeah, it was called the golden goal. And yeah, it was just like both of them running at each other. You're like, this is crazy. <laughs> it felt just as 50-50, though. It was not yeah. any more skill involved. It was just more action packed. Yeah. I, I think you just there's no I think you just keep playing and every five minutes. You have Take to a player off. Player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Or hacky sack. You know, who who can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have fun with it. You know, different. Yeah, I, agree. I agree. I agree. Have fun. We sports. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but uh, how I see, <laughs> I see how, how I see the Birmingham game. But look, I hope, um, I hope by. By 35 minutes, I hope Rivera and Griffin have a yellow card. I hope we're like snapping into them. I hope we're not giving them any time in the ball. Um, and I hope we kind of show up to play. And I, and I hope we attack. I, I hope we don't get like sit there and try to counterattack. Um, I hope we walk in feeling like we're the better team. Um, I think it, those are the instances where we win. Um, and I do feel I, I feel good about this game. I mean, with Lily having such knowledge of players, I mean. 
I don't know. It's kind of always hard to say because I mean, Lily always puts on a persona like he has perfect, you know, knowledge of what happens around the league. I mean, you tend to doubt it. There's no chance. I mean, but the fact that he has such intimate knowledge for such big players in Birmingham, um, hopefully, kind of plays in our favor. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you know, if if you just statistically look at you know the norm for for the frequency at which Cicerone scores, you know. He hasn't scored in the last 90 minutes. That means he's due. Like he's going to score <laughs> in the Birmingham game. And, uh, and it also, I think the also, it also feels like we're in the past, what, three or four games for the first time all season, it has been a consistent lineup. And I think that's been really important for us. I think it's been really big and I hope it's the same. I hope it's, you know, Williamson, Dixon, Cicerone, Wharton, Griffin, uh, Rivera, the normal back three. And what Do- did Dover start? last game i honestly can't remember um but but yeah he get subbed in oh yeah i can't remember i can't remember but there's an obvious core group of players and i and you know i would fully expect them to start and and if they do i think we have a great shot well not even just you know core group of players that are playing together but this is something we've talked about in previous years this is a team that has a lot of veterans on it that have all mostly been in the playoffs before short of guys like Williamson, who this is his first year, almost every one of these players that I could think of maybe wheat um, have, have been here before. And so it's a case of, we haven't always had that in previous seasons. Like last year was Griffin's first playoff last year was um, now I'm just going to totally blank and just start making up names. So I'm going to stop, but like, we've said we'd love to have the same group of players together for multiple years. This is like the next best thing. So I don't think you have anybody in that locker room that's panicking. I don't think you have anybody in that locker room who's overly anxious. They know like we're going, we're going to get a job done and that's what it's going to be. I'm going to say it's going to be two one hounds. I think that um, either we go up two and then Birmingham get one back late and it's really nervy or it's 1-1 for a while and the Hounds put one in in like the 75th, the 80th minute. And then we're just like really nervy for the last 10 minutes. Um, what if it's but... a repeat? What if it's 7-0 again? <laughs> <laughs> like how how crazy would that be? And how like upset would you be, Birmingham fan? <laughs> like, like seriously? <laughs> that was a special... Nico was on that team. That I mean, that was a that was a case of we... we bowed out of the playoffs early the year before we went out in the first round and we had this massive chip on our like it's like the season didn't even matter it was like that first game we got it at home we were it, it, Birmingham well, just, just happened to be the team we were playing but that's what was going to happen was I just remember too like the Steel Army was ridiculous that night like yeah. the entire oh it was like the, the yeah. crowd like the biggest crowd we've ever had yeah. in Steel Army because yeah. we just gotten the the extended stands as well in our section yeah. Um, so it was like the biggest crowd I've ever seen the Steel Army. It was, whew, that was an emotional game. Like it was definitely yeah. one of those things where I just saw the whole crowd. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like this is awesome. Um, my ki- my kids were yeah. there and they felt bad for Birmingham. They were like, should we stop scoring on them? <laughs> like they look so no. dejected. And- <laughs> well, speaking of biggest crowds, uh, yeah, we're having a watch party at Bulldog yeah. uh, Sunday. Five o'clock is when the game starts, so come a little bit earlier than that. It's on street parking, so find your parking spot early. Um, yeah, and it'll be fun. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. So there you go. Watch party at Bulldogs next. The following week will be a uh, game at Highmark. So we'll uh, have to prepare for that. Um, go Tulsa. Go Tulsa. Um, guys, anything else about 
this game about what you're expecting anything. I mean, the other the other big late breaking news that happened today, which I only bring it up because it is so momentous. Uh, the battery have parted ways with Mike Anhauser, who has been with their organization since 1994, and he's okay. been their head coach since 2004. And he so, was a player first, and then yeah, he was a yeah. player first, and then he was on the coaching staff, and then they made him head coach in 2004. So um, you know, I haven't looked it up, but I'm like I, I knew Lasell probably true, but I don't know what the longest running American coach in soccer has been. Like with one team, with one team, like, yeah, like a yeah. pro, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm wondering if he takes it because that I feel like he has to. Yeah, 15, I mean, fifteen years. I mean, yeah, yeah. You can't imagine that there's really anybody else that there's teams that you know have started up, shut down, came back, rebranded, and shut down again in that time. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh. So we'll Chris see. Arenas. I mean, the, okay. the, the fact that, that 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 happened like immediately after the season was over almost makes it feel like it was in the works. But, um, you know, the battery, it always feels like they're kind of like our, our brothers a little bit just from the old guard standpoint. We've all been around. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens to the battery here in the offseason in terms of a coach, in terms of, you know, they're still one of the few teams that don't have a, a sponsor on the front of their kits. Um yeah, hopefully this is not a sign of like things to come and, you know, battery are still here next season. But uh, I guess we will see uh, as uh, as the offseason plays out. So, guys, anything else before we uh, wrap this thing up? I got nothing. Oh, John does work for the uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies as the statistician guy. And he did not when we first met him. And he no. was like doing his thing. They like pulled him in. They're like, you're pretty good. And they gave him a job. So, yeah. but he is still allowed to keep doing his USL tactics stuff and cover other teams and all of that. Um, so, which we're happy about, you know, he's Indeed. a good dude. All right. Well, good luck this weekend, boys. Like go get it done. Um, and uh, thanks to everybody for always joining us live and for listening. Make sure you head over to mongols.com. Click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. Thanks to Roughnecks, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old cookie cutter templates uh, from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a completely custom kit for your youth club, adult pro uh, yeah, uh, Sunday league squad, even pro team. I was like reading this and then I was like, you don't need to read this. And then I can't remember what teams there are. Icarus FC can help you create the kid of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today. At IcarusFC.com. Looking for more great USL news, head over to BGN.FM where we've now got over a hundred fans that are writing and podcasting about the people game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Check them out at BGN.FM. Otherwise, thanks everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.